0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35-bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unions podcast. Who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. Yo, what's going on people? you're listening to the dysonomics podcast, I hope you had a great week so far. We're midweek, by the time you listen to this, it will actually be Friday. So enjoy your weekends in advance. This week's midweek pod is a day late due to the circumstances, and that is new chancellor Jeremy Hunt drops the autumn statement. Of course, it's gonna have an impact on all our lives, businesses, healthcare, so on and so forth. So it was important to get this breakdown out to you as soon as possible. But of course, always give a shout out to my previous episode episode 282 with my guy blockchain jeff and you can tell by the name we were talking cryptocurrency more specifically ftx ftx is a well was the second largest cryptocurrency platform where people could buy and sell and hold their cryptocurrencies and was founded by a man called sam uh, bankman fried who's 30 years old um, and yeah <laughs> Hey, it got real spooky. Ten billion people, ten billion of people's funds embezzled to his to a hedge fund he owns. Hundreds of millions of dollars lost in in hacks, and people wonder if they're gonna get their money back. And of course, this has a knock-on effect on the cryptocurrency world, people losing money. But yeah, for all the details and it's a very juicy story, including extradition, the FBI, SEC, so on and so forth. Make sure you check that episode out. Now as I said, we're going to be talking the budget. I watched that today. I wrote my notes. had to go back and review it because obviously I was writing and tweeting at the same time. And yeah, we're going to get into the budget. What was announced? What's the current state of the economic climate? Uh, What was announced in terms of businesses, our personal pockets, which are the things that matter the most to my listeners? And then I'll give some evaluation. Was it a good budget? Was it a bad budget? What was the response from labor and so on and so forth? So yeah, let's get racking Hi it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Yo, what's going on, people? We are talking the budget or the autumn statement, shall I say? I don't know why I, I don't want to keep saying budget because our budget comes out in the spring, but do you know I mean same difference? Anyway, so. The reason why we have this ultimate statement was actually delayed. It was meant to drop on October 31st, but Rishi Sunak previously just entered number 10 because Liz Truss got booted out due to the performance of her, her herself and her chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng. And in fact, this is what this statement was even more anticipated than normal, eagerly than normal, simply due to the fact that the statement on the 23rd was so horrendous that it sent the economy into further disarray like it needed any assistance. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, obviously, um, he started off, and I say he, that's the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, started off speaking about how high inflation is the enemy. Of course, high inflation is the general increase in price levels being high, which impacts our cost of living. The increase, inflation basically is the cost of living, really and truly. So, he mentioned stability. Uh, what did he mention? Oh, I wrote it down stability, growth, and public services. Those were hit a free. Um, priorities. Um, obviously, high inflation is the enemy of stability, mortgage rates, cuts to cuts funding, public services, it rose savings, so on and so forth. High inflation is not good for any of us. Um, the IMF expects a third of the world's economy to be in recession. Our economy is heading to recession. For those who don't know that, what that is, it means that our economy is not growing anymore. It is shrinking, which is bad. Um, the OBR forecast that inflation will be 9% this year and it will be down to 7.4% next year. Well, 7.4% is still extremely high, but of course it's lower than 9.3%. Well, 7.4% in 2024. Yep. Um, the equi- the economy is forecasted to grow full by 4.2% this year, but then to fall to 1.2% next year. There's forecasted to be rises in unemployment. Um, it's currently 3.6% this year and OBR fo- focus it, forecast it, sorry, to, to rise to 4.9% by 2024. And OBR is the Office of Budget Responsibility, they are an independent body. And what's interesting about the tone of this statement was very different to Kwasi Kwarteng's and Liz Truss's one where they didn't include the OBR whatsoever and they're taking shots at the Bank of England, whereas Jeremy Hunt seems to want to work with the Bank of England, which makes sense because the Bank of England are the number one fighters of inflation via monetary policy. Check out this Economics podcast for more information on that. You see me? Anyway, so the Chancellor said that, yep, he's going to really use fiscal policy to attack inflation and also to balance the books and so on and provide help for those most vulnerable. According to the OBR, After discussing what the plans were with um, this new conservative government, they say that, yo, these plans are actually going to dampen the impact of the recession and dampen the amount of unemployment, which is, I guess, a good thing. Now, we're going to get into the details of how tax is increasing and so on and so forth, but as a percentage of GDP, which is the gross domestic products, which is the total output of your country, what you produce, tax as a percentage of our output will increase by 1% over the next five years. He announced £55 billion worth of fiscal squeeze, fiscal squeezing. What does that mean? Well, £55 billion worth of combination of cuts and increases to tax. Right? So they're squeezing the books, they're squeezing spending, they're increasing taxation. This is not. Obviously, when you're squeezing, you're not really looking to grow drastically. When you're looking to grow drastically, you're like, yeah, we're going to cut tax, or we're going to spend more money, boom, boom, boom. Like, they're trying to navigate this very tricky economic climate. What's interesting about this is that, and I just tweeted this recently, it shows how politics isn't just left versus right, Labour conservatives. It's more detailed than that. It's more nuanced. It's more layered. Within the the Labour Party, for example... Tony Blair is different to Ed Miliband, who's different to Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn's towards the left of the party. He's more towards the socialist side in terms of his, his economic principles. In terms of when you look at his foreign policies, he's more on the, you know what, let's not get involved, let people do their thing. He doesn't want nuclear weapons or so on and so forth. And that's going to be different to other people in the party. So that's why when Keir Starmer won the leadership contest, he almost purged the leadership element of the party f- from Corbyn. Like all the Corbynites got blamed for the most part. So as Labour move more towards the centre, because many believe that brand of politics, that l- that leftward brand of politics is not going to an election. And I believe that our country is conservative by nature. If you don't believe me, check election results. We've had one Conservative, one Labour government since the min- mid-70s. Yeah, is what it is now if you look at the why i say this in regards to the conservative party is that everybody has this perception not everybody a lot of people have this perception that oh all the schools are the same they want the they're here for the rich Blah, blah, blah. there are some elements of truth to that but there's still significant ideological ideological differences for example as i said the previous government prime minister Listrust, chancellor um quasi Kwateng, they announced the biggest tax cuts in fifth in half a century fast forward a few weeks Under new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, they announce the biggest non-COVID time increases in tax in 30 years. This is the same party, two parallels, two complete opposites, sorry, in how they assess tackling the cost living crisis and the economy. I'm going to get into more detail soon. So, yeah, if we look at the 55 billion um, fiscal squeeze, that amounts to £30 billion of spending cuts and £25 billion of increases in taxation. And this is to help restore Britain's credibility, which um, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng kindly destroyed, and attack inflation. I already giving me an inflation figures, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and oh, of course, our economy is predicted to shrink by 1.4%, and we won't reach the pre-pandemic levels until 2024 increases in prices will continue to eat into our real wage growth which is our wages adjusted for inflation and our standards of living according to the office of budget and responsibility and this will be at the worst levels in six decades so basically it's not looking good for us this is a very very torrid economic time and it's given <laughs> words a lot you know it's given 2008 financial crisis It's really really bad so i'm going to get into how to what the chancellor announced regarding businesses and then i'll get into our pockets so first of all businesses freeze the national insurance threshold for businesses from april 2023 2023, sorry multinational corporations will pay the right taxes in the uk so the chancellor mentioned how rishi signed a deal international deal to make sure that you know what we're going to be addressing multinational companies should pay the right Amount of tax in the countries they operate in. So, highlighting the big companies such as Amazon and Apple, which we've seen, Starbucks, we've seen managed to um, cleverly not pay the taxation that you would imagine a company of that size should probably pay. Also, a business, £13.6 billion over the next five years in terms of support to help firms with business rates. Two out of three businesses won't pay more business rates from next year. Uh, what are business rates the taxes that you pay on commercial property I remember, my mom, I remember my mom telling me about business rates when she had a shop oh my god business rates was wild there was plans before to have a online sales tax this is going to be scrapped and the windfall tax we've heard of windfall tax windfall tax is a tax on a particular industry that has realized abnormal profits this was first raised by Labour Party, credit to them, in January 2022. Rishi Sunak avoided it and then eventually he U-turned and implemented a kind of light version of windfall tax where you cannot pay as much if you agree to invest. Anyway. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt announced an win- a extension windfall tax on oil and gas firms, increasing from 25% to 35%. So tax on their profit increased from 25% to 35% from January 2023 up until March 2028. And also a new tax of 45% on companies that generate electricity from January twenty twenty three. So the energy companies are making hell of bread. So we're like, you know what? You lot are making extra cash so we can dip into that. Give me some of that. Thank you very much. So that is the businesses part of the statement. Now to the main event, our pockets. Firstly, minimum wage for people above the age of twenty three will increase from nine pound fifty to ten pound forty two next April. The largest cash increase on record, I believe. And and the national minimum wage, they said it's also going to increase by a significant margin. I don't. I haven't seen details of that yet. I checked the HM Treasury. Twitter, they didn't publish details for that. So this increase in national living wage is an increase of, they say, of 1,600 pounds a year. Household energy price cap, which was announced under Liz Trust, will be extended beyond the year um, by, um, from a, by from April 23, 2023. I keep saying April 23, 2023. With bills, with energy bills capped at 3,000 pounds. Now before under Liz Trust though, the these bills must be capped at 2,500 pounds. So I'm not sure if this is because they are extending the level of support. So the cap is going down. I'm not too sure. I'll do dig into that. Of course, we'll get details as they pop out. Is it me? Households on means-tested benefits to get a one-off £900 cost of living support payment next year. So if you're on means-tested benefits, you can get £900 of a one-off cost of living support next year. Uh, which i thought is good in a similar vein for household pensioner households they get an additional 300 pounds of cost of living support and individuals or household individuals on disability benefits get 150 pounds so these are payments that the chancellor is giving people the most vulnerable people in the country with regards to the cost of living crisis straight cash into account i believe state pension payments and means benefits as well as disability benefits will increase in line with inflation so there's talk of oh are you going to operate benefits in line with inflation and there wasn't really any um hints of what they're going to do on that they've confirmed it so that so what does that mean in layman terms People who are on these benefits are people on means-tested benefits. People, pensioners, that people who are getting their pension from the state and people who have disability benefits, they won't see inflation eat into their supports. It will match inflation, so a 10.1% increase. And kudos to um, the Chancellor for that. That was the right thing to do. Now, moving into our income taxes... So if we look at our personal allowance and that's the amount that we do not pay any income tax on, which is currently 12,750 quid, if I remember correctly, that is going to be frozen until 2028 and the higher tax thresholds, so the amount of money you, you reach before you enter a new tax bracket, that's also going to be frozen by additional two years up until 2028. So you're not seeing no changes in that. Speaking of these thresholds though, this was a very interesting one. The forty-five p tax rate. So that's when. So once you earn one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, if you're fortunate enough to do so, that's when you start paying forty-five percent tax instead of forty percent tax on every penny you earn above that threshold. So I think it's like fifty bags where you start from fifty thousand pounds upwards. You st- for every pound above that number, you start to pay forty percent tax. Well. And then you get to 150K and they start to pay 45% tax. Well, that 45% tax threshold has been dropped to 125K. So from so every pound above 125,000 pounds going f- um, from April next year, you'll be paying 45% tax. A big, big measure. Whereas before, a couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, more like, the previous government... They scrapped that threshold altogether only to reinstate it. (laughs) Mad. Now, remember, Jeremy Hunt said that he, at the start of his statement, he said that everybody's going to pay more tax, but he wants those that have more to help a bit more. And I think this is one of the measures that he was referring to. Speaking of those that have a bit more to pay a bit more, these two measures were interesting. Dividend allowances and capital gains. So dividends is the money that you get when you own stocks and shares. So let's say you own, for example, um, Rishi Sunak's wife. Uh, she owns um, shares in her dad's IT company. He's a billionaire. Her shares are worth like, her 1.7% shares are worth like, I'll call 700 million pounds outside my check. She'll get a very significant dividend every year. The Glazers, right? The Glazers, they um, the, the owners of Manchester United Football Club, they get like a, I think last year they got like 11 million pound dividend. So this is money that you get for owning particular stocks and shares, right? So in terms of the allowance where you start to pay tax on, um, so currently for the first 2,000 pounds of your dividends, you don't pay no tax. Anything above that, you pay a tax on that. That's going to be halved to £1,000. And then the following year, is going to be halved again to £500. So, what does that mean? Effectively, people who get dividends will pay more tax. Similar, same thing with capital gains tax. Capital gains tax is a tax on assets. When you sell your asset, a particular asset, you pay capital gains tax depending on all the numbers. And depending on how much you pay in income tax, you pay a different capital gains tax. But that's all irrelevant for now. Yep. So the capital threshold, at which you start paying capital gains tax, was currently 12300 pounds. That's going to drop to six thousand pounds. It's going to halve, right? So after six thousand pounds, you start paying more. T- you start paying capital gains tax instead of twelve thousand three hundred pounds, and then in twenty twenty four, it will drop to three thousand pounds. So it's a similar theme: halved, then halved again, for debuts of capital gains tax. National insurance and inheritance tax thresholds frozen for additional two years up until 2028. So, that's going to be, we'll see no changes in inheritance tax and national insurance thresholds until 2028. Local councils, this was interesting, will be able to increase council tax up to 5% a year without local votes. This was currently 3%, so they don't have to have a vote. They can up your council tax by 5%. Golly. Social housing. So this is social housing Rent increases are going to be capped in England Before I think they, I, th- I believe they used to rise with inflation But they're not going to They're not going to allow it to rise by 11% As scheduled They're going to cap it at, at 7% Which I think is a good thing To protect people in social housing Stamp duty reductions Which was announced by um, Liz Trust One of like one of a few measures that remains Is going to be The reduction is going to be reversed by 2025 So rest in peace to that and what I thought was very interesting was the triple lock. This was a manifesto promise and it seemed like this was going to be reversed, but the triple lock will be protected. This phenomenon what is triple lock? Triple lock is a measure introduced by the Conservative, government and, Conservative and the Liberal Democrat coalition government in 2010 to protect... Pensions. It was designed to ensure the value of state pensions will not be overtaken by increasing the cost of living or by the working population's income, right? So, this is obvious, which is quite noble. You want to protect pensioners' incomes, right? So, under the triple lock, the state pension is supposed to increase each year in line with whichever of these three measures is the highest. Whether it's if inflation is the highest, measured by the consumer price index in September of the previous year that's what it'll rise by. The average increase in wages across the UK, that's what it'll rise by, or 2.5%. So whichever of these numbers is the highest, that is what the pensions will rise by. And we know it's gonna be, inflation is gonna be higher than 2.5%, so we know it's not gonna be 2.5%. I've spoken on previous podcasts, wages has been up by 5%, 7%, so it's not gonna be by that, it's going to be in line with inflation. So yeah, that is how it impacts my pockets. And some more macro perspectives, there's gonna be an extra five billion pounds a year, which was quite a, which was like quite a shock. They didn't, people didn't really anticipate this level of spending at all um, for health and social care, as well as an additional three billion pounds a year for schools over the next two financial years. Government spending, what well, the schedule of government spending is going to remain until 2025, but then it will grow more slowly than previously hoped. So not having full-on massive cuts of government spending. Um, in terms of overseas aid spending, um, we have a target of 0.7%, but this drops to 0.5% during the pandemic and is going to remain at that rate. And finally, defence spending will be maintained at 2%, which is a NATO target. So that was the chancellor's statement. Now my analysis. You people know me. I just, I'm I pride myself on being objective and balanced. I don't give a heck about narratives, I don't give a heck about storylines, I don't care. I like to read. I like to learn, I like to analyze. Do you get? I don't fall for whatever narrative or if the Conservatives do something bad, man's gonna the pandem They do something bad, man's gonna pan If they do something good, I'm gonna give them credit. For those who are listening for the first time, politically I'm homeless. I don't have a political home. I don't believe in left or right wing, I think it's a fallacy, I think it's silly. I don't how can you be a particular way on every single issue? It doesn't make sense to me. But when I've taken them political quizzes, I'm more on the liberal side of things. But obviously certain um, issues, I stray more to the left, some issues stray more to the right. So I'm pretty balanced by default. That's just how I am as a character. In terms of elections, contrary to the beliefs of people on Twitter, a group of people on Twitter who I don't know where they get this from. They're (laughs) jobless board. I don't know. I don't know why they think I'm a Tory. I voted for Labour twice, Liberal Democrats twice. Maybe I believe that criticising Labour leads them to believe that makes me a Tory and makes because work in finance, but I criticise the Tories a lot. So wouldn't that, by that logic, wouldn't that make me Labour? I'm confused. Um, also, anyway, we're not going to get to that. Anyway, so that's just the background of my opinions. Now, because of the conservative clown show this year, we've had four statements regarding our public finances and our economy. The first statement was the March stick the spring statement by Rishi Sunak. I criticized it. I was like, this is not enough. This isn't doing enough to help people in this country. Then he spun the block and he revised it. And I was like, this is more patent. I'm more here for that. That was pretty decent, right? So the first one I'll give like, the first thing I'll give a four out of 10, not because it's incompetent or bad, but it just didn't go far enough. Then the second statement by Mr. Sunak, I'll give mm, six and a half, maybe seven, in between six and seven. Then we had Kwasi Kwarteng statement. I'll give that a zero, maybe minus five because it sent our economy into a turmoil. And this statement by Jeremy Corbyn, I'm going to give it eight. I think this shows high level competency. And this is what I kind of expected from Rishi Sunak, sensible, smart person when it comes to economics. Immigration, them things there, that's a different board game. Man are evil. But when it comes to the finances, you see more companies. You saw how he handled um, the COVID response. So I'm not, I was not surprised at this. No, no, no. I I was... No, let, me, let me rephrase that. I shouldn't be surprised because this is what I expected of Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt. Uh, I believe a lot of the... I believe this is a Rishi Sunak budget. That's my personal opinion. With the assistance of Jeremy Hunt but i was getting the virus of austerity so i'm pleasantly surprised i was expecting way more cuts way more cuts way more cuts and no spending whatsoever but there was spending spending on the energy on the energy um on keeping up um the cap keeping a cap for um about a year there was the 900 pounds for means tested um benefits for families 300 pounds for pensioners 150 pounds for people with disability allowance the, Increasing people's um, benefits in line with inflation. More money for schools, more money for the NHS, even though I think that's a black hole, that's a story a day. And then in t- instead of increasing taxes on the majority of the middle class and working people and working class people, increasing taxes on the people that earn the most and go into capital gains tax which is and dividends which is people's wealth although it's no well well dividends is an income but is it income from the asset which is well blah blah blah. capital gains tax is the tax on people's wealth me personally i would like to see more taxes on wealth measures i don't be, really believe in increasing income taxes because we get taxed enough already but that was fine and of course the taxes on the energy companies man's here for that maintaining the triple lock for pensioners man's here for that trying to make sure multinational companies pay their pay adequate amounts of tax i'm here for that reducing business rates i'm here for that maybe abolishing business rates altogether i might be more here for that removing the online sales tax i'm also here for that you want to stimulate businesses and yeah yeah so for for the majority of this stuff i can't lie like man's man's ear for that steel man is ear for that steel now what was labour's response so uh rachel Reeves, which is shadow shadow um chancellor she attempted to tear in to the statement but she didn't really tear into the statement she kind of just teared into the tory parties and their performance over the 12 years which is more than fair they've been terrible for 12 years but Address the statement. You couldn't really address the statement because the statement was pretty you Probably don't think they're going to do some of the things they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? And I just didn't like the whole, oh, you're trying to blame the cost of living economy and economic crisis on external factors. It is external factors. If energy, if energy prices globally weren't being risen and there wasn't supply chain issues with China, we won't have a cost of living crisis. Now, this does not mean that the impact of um, the List Trust government wasn't didn't accentuate the factors, and I believe that Ricky Sunak was a bit slow to act in the in the Q1 of this year. Those I agree, but they wouldn't have to react if there wasn't an issue in the first place. So stop lying. But again, it's politics. You just have to play the politics. That's what it's. it's that's why I'm politically homeless. I'm tired. Of it. I'm not here for the point scoring. Let's what's the issue. Let's address it let's do the best thing for the country that's what man's here for so yeah that's it for the budget um any questions you know i am i think it's a good budget i'm pleasantly surprised this is a good budget and yeah let's see what happens sports social podcast network